Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Just uh, really thrilled to have you here. Hi, Benny. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to both of you. Happy June Pride Month. Back at you. Thank you. Back back at me is good. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, what I love about this is uh, Seattle, the Seattle Pride Parade, for those of you out there, is June 26th. Uh, so I think I made an incorrect announcement the other day. Uh, just want to say today is the 7th, and I just want to say that MTE Pride Week, June 7, at Mount Lake Terrace Elementary PTO happening June 7th to June 12th. What? Yes. Welcome to the 21st century and to see the progress, to see the awareness, to see the opening, to see it all. And by the way, you all asked me, yes, Olympia is also, uh, Olympia, Um, there's an Olympic View Arena. There is also a Seattle Pride Classic. I didn't know this, Benny. Did you know all of this stuff in, in this area like here? Like uh, like our studios in Montlake Terrace, I know you guys are in Bellevue, but were you aware of like all the really cool stuff? Uh, for the most part, the majors. I mean, of course, we have other radio stations in our group yeah. that are part of the Pride uh, Month and all the activities that run around. Uh, it seems yeah. like every year there's there's more that uh, arrives for this month. Yeah. So uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. now I don't know about if the restrictions. I, I mean, honestly, it sounds like these things are going to happen given what we wear and the masks and the whole thing. But it sounds like these events are happening. Yeah, sure. Okay. So of all the events here, which one have I participated in that I absolutely hated? Which one do you think? Is it, I'm going to give you multiple choice, Benny. You ready? (laughs) Oh boy. Olivia, you too. Okay. I'm going to give you like four things. You got to pick one. All right. All right. A. Seattle Gay Pride Parade. Uh-huh. That's June 26th. That's number one. Uh-huh. The 2021 Run Walk with Pride. That's June 26th. So both of those things happening. Okay. Following yep. me so far? Yep. Okay. Uh, June. Hold on. I got it right here. Gosh, if I give out the wrong information, I know. I got so many emails uh, from giving out the wrong information. Okay. You ready? Seattle Pride, this is it, Friday Gay Pride Party on the 18th, and then the last one, Pride Karaoke. Which one do you think I did, and I hated it more than anything, but I did it for the cause? Probably karaoke. Yes. That'd be my guess. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that was just easy. That was was set up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
And we'll have to talk tomorrow about what song I picked that was so absolutely painstaking for anybody that was there. I don't drink, but I'll tell you, anybody that was there probably put down a few during my case. But at first, were you afraid? Were you petrified? Yes, I was petrified. Okay. <laughs> Started the lyrics to a song. I didn't know if that was okay, the one you were I'm, singing. I'm gonna so. go, do you want me to go with that song? <laughs> that might be a start. We can go with that song because I did survive. Yeah, you did. I totally did survive. That's, that's my point. Yes, again. Uh, yes. So just to make everybody aware, uh, this is what the information is. And we said we were going to mention something um, every day about this. Also, you should know that on the psychic and the doc, just so everybody knows, we have a fantastic interview uh, that we did that's going to play, but also we're honoring pride in the people that have come out. So this Thursday, the 10th, you guys are going to get to meet Kim Powers and then Herb uh, Ankron, her producer, right? You know, Hollywood, we already did that interview. That's in the can. You'll also hear that. Uh, today, I want to talk to everybody about a phenomenon and I love, Benny, when we get people that come through and we think about things that are so intuitive to so many. And I've often asked this question, what is it about us that is so drawn to Atlanteans? Now, I'm talking Atlanteans, period. But what is it about our, our draw to understanding them? You know, why did the feedback come back on Aquaman movie and before the movie? Why did the feedback come back on that that was so compelling? Why did so many think that it was a great representation of Atlanteans and a really awful one? Why did so many people comment? Well, what about this forgotten civilization? Do we think that perhaps... We have somehow in our DNA, we just have that investigated knowledge. You know, that thing that says to all of us, we don't have any facts, but we know it's there. That's what my guest today, Ghost of Atlantis, how the echoes of lost civilization influence our modern world. Are you kidding? So much. Uh, Jay Douglas Kenyon joining me here today. We're going to talk about both the physical and the spiritual evidence of the lost great culture. But ask yourself this question. I mean, we've been talking about this a lot, probably because we're going to launch our Cosmos channel, which is all about, some people said I should name it something else, but please, we'll probably have a contest about that, Olivia. But here's the thing. Why are we so drawn to civilizations like the Atlantean civilization? Why are we so drawn to it? Are they calling us? Is it within us? Is there something that we are supposed to listen to? And ask yourself this question, what happens when you have somebody investigate this, seriously investigate this and come back and talk about uh, Gobekli Tempe, talk about the pyramids, talk about Atlantis in the Bible, talk about ancient Armageddon. That's my guest today, joining me here today. You know, Ghost of Atlantis, you know, he is here, editor and publisher of Atlantis Rising Magazine. But what is it that's happening consciously and subconsciously? 
Great to have you join us here today, Douglas. It's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. So let's start with my comment. Um, our pop culture is so drawn to Atlantis and Atlantean. I mean, in any way you can think about it, you know, mega movies, blockbusters, people arguing as as to whether Megan, as to whether, what's her name, her should be replaced the prince. I mean, there's so much conversation about it. And then when people see it, nobody says, ah, that doesn't exist. What is happening underneath the consciousness level about this? Well, in my view, of course, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a famous quote from Pogo by Walt Kelly a few years ago. Remember, we have met the enemy and he is us. <laughs> But uh, the thing is that uh, I'm not saying we're the enemy, but I'm saying that uh, it comes down to this, that we were the Atlanteans. Of course, you have to buy into the idea of reincarnation to to look at that. But I think that uh, in our, if you look at our collective unconscious, I think you can look at it as a kind of an ocean and that you have to dive down into to get in touch with uh, uh, our lost selves. And that, uh, I think the, a good example of that is the story of the Titanic, uh, where you have a, um, in, the, in that case, uh, you were looking at a, a, a model of the current civilization representing its, uh, its great achievements and its uh, uh, its mastery of, uh, of all that it surveyed, and then it's cast down, in, you know, to the bottom of the sea. And uh, we, here we are, fascinated by it. We keep trying to, uh, to locate its, remo- its, its, its ruins its, uh, because we are connected to it. And we know that its story is somehow or other our story. So uh, uh, that's the essence of it from my point of view. You know, let me ask you about the follow-up to this question, which is this, this, this need to investigate. Something is lost. I mean, we, people feel it, right? And they feel something's lost with this. And it's really interesting. They don't say, oh, it's lost. I feel like something's lost. But when there is something that reminds us of it, there's something that clicks. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you ever try to remember something and you can't remember it? And you're just like, oh, yeah. oh, what was that? What was that thing I was trying to remember? Oh, I don't remember it. And then all of a sudden there'll be a clue. to be my age, you'll, uh, you'll <laughs> And then there'll be a clue and then it'll be like an entire visualization. You know, I want to ask you, what is longing? What is just, what is just happening to us that we are longing to discover this, that we are in search of lost records? Well, I, I think that you have to look at the idea of amnesia. And uh, the thing is that uh, and, and amnesia accompanies trauma. You know, it wasn't uh, we, we went through an experience where we lost something and there's pain involved, a lot of pain. And so basically it's an area where if we uh, start to look at it and get a little bit too close to it, it starts to hurt. And... Uh, I think that there's a there's been a lot of uh, I think frankly the effort to suppress this has been codified. It's become it, it, 
I could uh, cite, uh, there's, a, there's a book I really like from the 1960s called The Canticle for Leibowitz. And it was a story of, I don't know if you've ever read it, uh, but I, I bring it up because it, it's an example of the kind of thing we're talking about in yeah. that story. It was aftermath to a, an atomic holocaust. But, you know, hundreds of years later, uh, you know, here's a group of, uh, uh, in the story, they're basically monks or, or uh, 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 friars, you know, in the desert, trying to understand what happened to the ancients a few hundred, uh, you know, a couple hundred years before. And uh, the thing is that um, they don't understand it at all. And if you look at it and you look at it, you see, well, that's us. We, our, our past is a, is a mystery to us, a complete mystery. We don't, uh, and, but the thing is, as we get closer to it and as we pull away the layers and so forth, we start to discover that we've got a lot in common with that. And of course, I think that makes a lot of sense if you, if you realize that um, we're, they're us and uh, we, we've, we're looking at our own history and that's the only thing that makes sense in all of this in my view. Yeah, you know, there's so much that you put in your book. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about, you know, how wise were the ancients? You know, and I've talked about this a lot. How wise were they? You know, when you think about all of the cues and clues and things they left, why is it we're not talking more about things like the Dead Sea Scrolls? You know, what is it about us that wants to uncover the secrets and yet at the same time, we don't really have them all? When we come back, we're going to talk about how this wisdom, how these secrets, how they all come forward to initiate a new knowing. That's what investigations are about. I love it. I love when we investigate things. When we come back, I'm not the investigator today. My very special guest is everybody. And we are talking about ghosts of Atlantis. We're going to talk about who they are. Is it really Aquaman? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. 
For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you live your best life. The Live the Good Life Show, connecting your physical and spiritual self every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Find Sabrina at the right, W-R-I-G-H-T, balance.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Like doing all of that, both of those, I'm Dr. Pat. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Played here exclusively, not really, but played here on Transformation Talk Radio, KKNW AM 1150, and across the big pond, thanks to Sean Eisen over in the Australia channels. And I want to say thank you to all of you in Australia that are listening. Um, look, this is Jay Douglas Kenyon joining me here today. It's my re- reference to Douglas, of course. Ghosts of Atlantis, how the echoes of lost civilization influence our modern world. By the way, we have three copies of this book. It's just amazing. It's the kind of book you want to sit down and read and talk to somebody. You know, when the question that that Douglas asked, could the original builders of the monuments of Giza have left behind such records, but have hidden them so well that they could elude detection for millennia? I love that. I love that he's asking these questions because then he follows up with information. How do Douglas, how do they get a copy of the book and how do they find out more about you? Well, it's available on Amazon for one thing. And so you can always, uh, and it's available uh, uh, actually any place books are sold. You can get it, uh, uh, it it's, it's pretty accessible. Um, and uh, I think Barnes and Noble and all of the, all of the big chains are carrying it through, uh, and cool. Inner Traditions of course does, a, does yep. a pretty good job on the distribution front. Yep. So that's what's happening. Yep, uh, Inner Traditions, thank you again, Manzanita Carpenter Sons. Probably got her name wrong. Thank you for sending this book and Douglas our way. Okay, Douglas, here we go. I want to start with this question that you pose in the book. And I can't wait for you to share your answer because this is more than a book for you. This is a lifetime passion. So what if, what if these clues were left and somehow for some reason, we just can't find them? What doors that does that open, and how did that inspire you to bring the 
connections to all of this to the forefront? Well, way back in the 1980s and actually earlier, I got interested in the idea that, uh, that civilization as we knew it was an actual aftermath. It wasn't uh, the beginning. It was perhaps the kind of the twilight of something. It was, and that if you really wanted to know where things came from, you had to get into that more deeply. You had to actually look at where those, uh, where it comes from. And anyway, I, I became convinced that uh, uh, the, the world in which we find ourselves was experiencing amnesia. Uh, I know a lot of people throw that around, but the guy who was really uh, kind of the, uh, the initiator of that concept for most people was Emmanuel Velikovsky. And Velikovsky was also considered the father of catastrophism, which is the idea that, uh, that history on earth has been punctuated by a number of events which have basically uh, scarred us in many respects and left us, uh, you know, wounded. And uh, we don't realize that because we've basically kind of pieced together our, our, our history and brought ourselves and we decided that the world we experience is normal. And therefore, uh, and therefore we have uh, papered over uh, a lot of the gaps in, in our culture. But if you look at it, uh, you look at it more deeply, then you can see how uh, uh, it explains an awful lot. And certainly I think the interest in pop culture, I mean, I tried to write a screenplay back in the 80s and I talk about that uh, and I tried to capitalize on the whole idea of uh, what Atlantis really represents as, as, a, as an insight into, into our past. And I think that uh, this idea that uh, it takes a the, the archetype of going deep into the unconscious and contacting what it is that we left behind is a very intriguing idea. Of course, I, I think the reincarnation is a part of this. I think that's the one thing that kind of explains how all of this fits together. I know a lot of people, I'm not saying Bilikovsky was into that because he was more of a... Uh, he was more, he thought there was some kind of racial memory that uh, enabled us to retain the, uh, our knowledge of past events. And uh, that's been kind of uh, debunked by in a lot of uh, scientific study. But I think that there, there are things that, uh, that make the connections that, uh, that we, have to, we have to look at. And that's, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And you know what I love about all of this is because each of us listening to this show, just so everybody knows, you know, think about how you feel and think about how you feel. Let me explain what I mean by think about how you feel. Think about what happens when you get a reference to what Doug is talking about. Think of what happens when something outside, something you see draws you. I mean, think about this, for example. Why would you, perhaps if you're you or if you're me, who grow, grew up in an environment that had nothing to do with ISIS, had nothing to do with crystals, and nothing to do with any of that, why would we be so drawn to the phenomenon of some of these cultures? Why would that happen? And I think, Doug, that's what you're talking about. 
just because I'm a kid that grew up in the Bronx and the cement jungle, uh, it's not logical for me to have ISIS statues, to have crystals, right? Where would I have gotten that from? I didn't grow up in that environment. So can you talk to the fact that there is a connection to the ancients in a way that we don't understand? And I think in your book, you talk about what did the ancients have or what did they know that we don't? And see, that is what's so mysterious to me. And I wonder what it will take for us to know it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I don't think it's a simple answer. I mean, no. I think that, uh, you know, if you really want to understand, I think you, obviously the ancients had a, had a level of wisdom that uh, we've lost track of altogether. And we don't, uh, and they had uh, a culture that preserved all of this. And I'm thinking of, uh, you get into uh, some people uh, sometimes referred to as the mystery religions or the, the ideas that uh, uh, where the experience of the soul is, uh, has been mapped and that we're basically guided from revelation to revelation and it opens our eyes and it opens our understanding to, uh, to who in fact we are and what it is, what is our real agenda. And I think that uh, this is true not only on an individual level, but it's true on uh, a society-wide or a worldwide basis. And uh, if you want to really uh, understand what's, uh, that things have gone awry, and they're not, and therefore we live in a, in a state of, uh, uh, we're crippled by, uh, by our experiences and that if we're gonna have a healing, uh, which is to restore our balance and dealing with, uh, with, our, with our inner dilemmas, then we're going to, then that's where we need some, uh, need some guidance. And I think we can find that in uh, some of it in, in ancient sources. I want to ask you about this because I don't believe we are the only people that need a healing or that needed a healing. Um, well, you know, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, here we are, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Modern civilization, you know, and we have a healing that other civilizations didn't have. So this idea of healing, to me, seems to be uh, multi-generational, past life related, right? You know, the interconnected connectivity to reincarnation. And yet, if all of that is true, what is it about us that holds back from looking at the evidence of superior technology of the past and what we're capable of. We're going to talk about that when we come back because it's in the book. It's in here. It's in here. Ghosts of Atlantis. What are the ghosts trying to tell us? You know, what is it that if we were truly to connect, what are some of the artifacts? What are some of the secrets? And I have to tell you, this is one of these books where when you start to read it and you look at some of the images and you look what Douglas has put together in the books, in the book. You know, it's almost as if I want to take each page and put them on a giant wall 
and see the big picture. When we come back, I would love Douglas to give us the big picture. And most importantly, what is it about what we're discovering now that's going to give us new knowledge? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia. And I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back, Ghost of Atlantis, How the Echoes of Lost Civilization Influence Our Modern World with Douglas 
Jay Douglas, Kenyon Douglas, I is what I'm calling him. Um, look, the book is available pretty much anywhere. Uh, and I've said before, this is a publication by um, our friends at Inner Tradition. So there you go. Um, Douglas, uh, there's so much in the book. And I want to get to the conversation that we were having during a break, but also before. Um, I already get that there's a hunger to understand this, even if it's not a conscious one, you know, we're tapped into. There's so many things that you have put together, almost like a mind map, so to speak, but completed with visualizations, completed with research, you know, bringing together information. And the question really does come is why do we want to put this information together? What is, as my as why, as one of my mentors says, Pat, what's your end game? What, what is your end game? And I want to ask you, as you went through this, as you pull this together, there's so much you came across. I want to know what your aha moments were. You know, this is something you've been doing for a while. But when you put a book like this together and you start to talk about Dead Sea Scrolls and then you're talking about other discoveries, you have had to have a few aha moments. What were they? Well, I've, I've actually had a lot of them. In fact, I usually have a couple every day, but <laughs> it's, it's like the, uh, the connection, the connections uh, are, are, it's connections are what we need to make. And we basically, the problem is all our, the things that would, uh, that allow us to kind of knit things together have been, uh, uh, it's been shattered, broken and so forth. And so we need to uh, uh, kind of reconstruct the fabric that's, that's been, uh, uh, I, I realize, I, I suppose I sound like I'm just talking in, in, in vague terms, but those things actually, actually mean something. I guess you could probably talk about, well, the idea that, uh, that evidence or proof that civilization was, um, uh, it didn't begin just 10,000 years ago with the uh, with hunter gatherers. That there was indeed, uh, you know, a uh, an advanced understanding that preceded that, and uh, that uh, we're basically just trying to kind of find our way back to that kind of understanding. But I think when you look at discoveries like, say, Gobekli Tepe, you have something that contradicts you know, the mainstream view that's been the, uh, uh, it's been established and basically made uh, into a kind of uh, uh, received wisdom on the part of, uh, on the part of the establishment. And so anything that, that kind of breaks the spell and that gives us access to, to a deeper understanding uh, becomes an aha moment. Uh, I published this magazine for 25 years, and every issue we did a, a bunch of articles that would inevitably, when I was putting them together, I would make, I would feel like it was all being, things were being revealed to me that, uh, that, that were not widely known. And suddenly, and I was having those aha moments or those uh, uh, eureka moments to, to quote, uh, uh, Archimedes. It, it's like, uh, it's, there's a lot of that. The book is full of that. And yeah. you're correct to point that out. 
uh, and it, it is accumulation over a long period of time and pulling it together, which is the thing that I think is missing because uh, it, people, everything is so scattered. Yeah. Everything is so uh, diffused and so forth. And that uh, we're left at basically being batted around from point to point, from case to case. And we don't get the big picture. And I think that we need the, the problem is we need to see a larger picture. It is the larger picture that is the missing ingredient. We're basically compelled to look at things like looking through a keyhole in which we only get, you know, a tiny fragment of the picture. And it's like the age of specialization in which we find yeah. ourselves, yeah. where everything is boiled down to minutiae, boiled down to, uh, to tiny to tiny parts and tiny pieces. And if we can't put it together into some kind of larger fabric, you know, we're, 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 we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to, uh, I started to say to see the picture, but seeing the picture is seeing the picture. And it is a, uh, it, it is definitely uh, what we're trying to do in the book. And I think that uh, to I'm not trying to say there's not more, but you've got to have a lot more than than we're getting from our main sources. You know, are you are you fascinated by the many many connections in the book? That and let me jump to the idea about searching for ET. The many many connections in the book that you have, the dots that are connected, and the way in our society we show up show up to seek them out. I think in your book, you also referenced Jodie Foster in contact. And, you know, I want to ask you about this because, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon. Here's the question, is it the chicken or the egg? And, and this is what I'd like you to comment about, please, not about really the chicken and the egg. It's not really about that. But it's the question of what came first. You know, did we as humans come first to create things or were we the recipients of things that were given to us and in turn then created? And this is the question. And I think for me, it's, it, to me, it's a big picture question as well. You know, it goes beyond talking about the artifacts or, you know, the special structures around the globe or the fact that a dinosaur species in Africa is also found clearly in a continent where there's water separating them and that some people say that water didn't exist so if in fact all of the clues and it doesn't matter where they were left it doesn't matter if we're talking about the mayans it doesn't matter if we're talking about tribes in south africa it, 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 people in south africa it doesn't matter or africa period the point is we have been given tidbits that we know of are we here to find the rest of them and to what end? Well, I think Earth is a kind of crossroads and uh, where you have influences uh, uh, from the ancient past and, and uh, influences from other worlds uh, that basically converge, you know, here in, this, uh, here in this world in which we find ourselves. I, I don't like, to, uh, I, fr I think, frankly, people err when they think the only way to explain our advanced civilization is in uh, is in um, extraterrestrial uh, influence. I think that you have to give more credit uh, to 
to the way things have evolved in the past to a much higher degree than we now realize. And that uh, there, there is a history here that is an, an unknown history. Uh, it's, it, it's, not, uh, it's not widely discussed or talked about uh, in certain quarters because there's an interest uh, uh, in, in, in promoting what is John Anthony West used to call the Church of Progress. Or, or, or scientism, where you're basically trying to say that uh, civilization has achieved this very high uh, 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 standard now, and that therefore, and that anything that went before was just uh, ignorance and superstition, and that uh, now, in fact, we're discovering. Uh, uh, we have an opportunity for the first time to actually see what we've been through and to recognize it and to uh, see the big picture uh, and to see the uh, forest rather than the trees. And uh, that's where we can finally, you know, put it together. And the only way you can do that is by providing a lot of pieces. So let me ask you this question. I mean, there are so, I, I, I mean, when I think about the book, especially as I think about your conversation in the book about DNA, um, and there's really not much you left out. Um, but I want to talk about Atlantis for the remainder of the show. There are legends of Atlantis. There are fascinations with Atlantis. There are things about Atlantis, which when you say Atlantis, I would imagine that most people would say, I do believe it existed, right? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. okay, where is it then? So <clears throat> it's that thing we can't see, but we do believe, right? I don't know how many people you've bumped into where you say, yeah, um, in search of Atlantis. And they say, in search of what? It is such a popular, let me call it consciousness, yeah. And I want to ask you, what are the, what is the key to that? What is the essence to that? You know, are Atlantean ghosts calling for us to do something, to say something, or have we just created Atlantis in our own minds? Well, I think that uh, the fact that we share these experiences is in fact, some of the most powerful evidence of the reality of what it is we're we're sharing. I mean, you can make the you can try to say, well, it's just a kind of a uh, of a uh, of an image that is created by uh, the fact that a lot of people are interested in the subject, and that you get your cause and effect mixed up. But I think that uh, you know we're talking about uh, the fact that we all have this in common, that we share this, is one of the most. It is a very powerful piece of evidence of the reality of what we're talking about. Where there's smoke, there's fire, is basically, I would put it. And uh, you can, uh, of course, you can go pretty far down that particular rabbit hole. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot to be found there. And we've got about 500 pages there in our book, uh, Making the Point. <laughs> and let me ask you this question in the, in the short time we have left. What, it, from your perspective, Douglas, you know, what are the top three discoveries 
that you made, or let's just call them connecting the top three dots, what are the top three things that you discovered in writing this book where you well, said, the, oh. Well, uh, the, the main thing is the idea of pre-Diluvian civilization. In other words, civilization that predated the, the end of the last ice age. And of course, Plato was telling the story of, you know, of a, of a continent uh, that, uh, that sank. And that, of course, is the archetype for what we're talking about. And I think that the, the cases that make that the, the, the strongest evidence are things like, uh, I think, off the coast of India, in the Gulf of Cambay, uh, in Indonesia, uh, in Gunung Padang, in uh, Gobekli Tepe, and uh, Easter Island, and many of these places, you're looking at things that have not been explained by the mainstream, even though they may uh, think they've explained them, they have only, they barely touched on it. And there are a lot of mysteries, a lot of contradictions, a lot of things that simply don't make sense in terms of the mainstream view of things. And uh, these examples that I've, ex that I've cited, and there are more of them, and to say nothing of, uh, of technology and, and so forth that is just completely anomalous and mm. impossible to explain except with uh, uh, realizing that there was some kind of culture there that uh, rose to great heights and, and, uh, and fell and, uh, and left us behind a legacy of, of, uh, of understanding that we're only now beginning to put back together. You know, let me ask you a different question. If you had a magic wand <laughs> and or a, or a little genie in a bottle. And the genie popped out and said, Douglas, I'm going to give you three wishes to tell me what you really, of everything you've studied, you really want the answers to. Well, I would like to know if there was indeed a Hall of Records. Yeah. And that, that there was, in, in fact, some kind of, uh, some kind of more systematic uh, organized record that we could uh, that we would be able to consult that would give us a uh, an objective and reliable uh, picture of whatever it was that went before. And also, I would like to be able to uh, counter uh, the uh, the mainstream argument that uh, we are basically just uh, uh, living in. I mean, I, I think ancient history is one thing, but I'd also like to see an exposure of uh, how our, our, our errors of understanding, our materialism and so forth, uh, need to be uh, basically countered in some kind of a way that would be convincing and would, uh, would, uh, would actually lead to people's reconsidering the way they look at the world, uh, maybe that's maybe that's too much to ask. But uh, no, I'm telling you, I gave you the genie popping out of the bottle, so it can't be too much. Um, <laughs> and you know, the reason I ask those questions is because in your studies, and in if I'm you, and I have the wealth of knowledge that you have, the thing that has always fascinated me 
is early on getting a copy of Herbert Benson's book on the mind and meditation. And when Benson pointed out how many connections we have in the mind, and it's a beautiful example. I mean, it's one of the best ways to describe it that I've ever heard. And I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm like, I'm just like, the dude is like, this is how many connections you have. Take a desk, take a sheet of paper, pile that sheet of paper and pile it up to the moon. Okay, not enough. Keep going, go to Pluto, not enough. All right, go to the farthest planet you know about. Not enough. And then he says, go to 16 billion light years away. When I got that visual, I've always asked myself the question, what if the ancients had a full 100% capacity of this small percentage of our potentiality to learn and to know? And that's what I wonder. I wonder if we are stalled because we just can't figure out what these folks are trying to tell us to help us at least get one or two more percent in our brains. I think that uh, one of the problems with the kind of thinking that you're describing there is that it involves a moving outward and you're moving further and further and further out. And what is really required is moving further and further in. Yep. And basically, the answer, whatever that the, the, the mystery of what we encounter in our outer experience is a reflection of, of the missing ingredients inwardly. Yeah. And therefore, uh, and if you want to really point people in the right direction, you have to point them inward. And it is, of course, going inward, which is where people struggle, because in our world, where everything is everything outwardly and is is uh, basically uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> everything outward is basically uh, we've exhausted the possibilities and uh, we'll never get there by moving outward. It's only when we can turn inward that we'll get somewhere. Yeah. And you know, that's, look at, that's the thing I love about the book and the conversation, because when I, when I read your book, one of the things I'm struck by is what am I feeling inside? What is my intuition connecting with? Am I operating on the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension to understand the possibilities? And so what I love about what you've done is, even though you're presenting us with a lot of data, the reaction to it is an inward one because I'm not going to go get myself. I'm not going to go dig somewhere. Although boy, if I had the time, I might want to do that to be on sacred ground, not so I can dig, but so I can have a connection that can't be described in the physical world. You're right. That's correct. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. And yep. I think that, uh, and we did try to do that. I mean, that was very much what I wanted to do. Uh, was take uh, a lot of this. I'm, I think that people, it's uh, you might say it's the objective versus the, the subjective. Yep. And uh, of course, I think that the, uh, and I'd like to uh, show that uh, there is objective support for what we're talking about. It does not contradict, uh, you know, objective reality as we understand it, but it goes much further. And the thing is, once you've once you, uh, there's the uh, myth that's out there that uh, 
tries to give people the idea that you can't uh, uh, you you can't have an open mind without a hole in the head. <laughs> well, Doug Douglas, I want to thank you for today, and um, I will tell you that. Everything that you've put in here, whether people read it in total or follow it through, it really takes you to another place. And I'm not saying to another place, I don't see myself somewhere in an Egyptian pyramid. It takes you to a place that's inside. And I think this is our struggle. It is so hard for so many of us that feel that place inside to want to stay there. And I agree with you completely. Uh, I think that the in order for us to really fulfill our capacity, it's on a dimension that really is not yet dis- explained. Doug, thank you for today. Tell us how we get the book and personal message. What do you want to leave us with today? Well, you can get it at Amazon.com or you can get it in any bookseller. And um, uh, I think that, uh, and you can go to our website at AtlantisRising.com. And, um, and you can find out a lot of the kinds of things that we're talking about. And you can also access all the contents from Atlantis Rising magazine uh, over the years. And we are, we're constantly trying to expand and uh, develop that and to offer people uh, uh, all the things that we tried to offer over the years and expand on it. I love it. Thank you so much. Personal message, what do you want to leave us with today? Well, that's uh, you. You're always asking me things that make me think, and then I've got to stop and think, and it's going to take. Manzanita should have warned you. Yeah, if I have to think, you know, they told it's like saying, "Was there any math involved?" (laughs) (laughs) But, but you're. But anyway, I I think that uh, we covered it in the book. That's how long it took. Five hundred pages to get into the book, and I can't sum it up in just a couple sentences. As much as, as much as I might like to. But thank you for joining me here today, Douglas. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. 